where we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're on our fifth week talking about the Holy Spirit. And He is a guiding presence. And all, all of this, it's so amazing. Last week we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how it's for everybody, how Jesus uh, said, I'm going to go away so that the Comforter can come. I mean, that's how important it was, he says to the disciples. You got, guys, I've got to go away so I can send somebody that's going to even better, uh, better help you in this process of ministering. One of the things I want us to always remember, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us to receive dynamite power, duminous power, this, this amazing power. That's what it's there for. It's not, it's not so that, uh, I think, sadly enough, in many Spirit-filled churches, we've got this idea that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are uh, what we should be looking for, right? We, we want to we see all these supernatural things happening for, our, for us. And what we need to say is we want to see the supernatural happening to reach people because in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, you're going to receive this power so that you will be witnesses, that you'll be witnesses period, okay? It's not, so that you can, it's not so that you can speak in tongues. It's not so that you can heal. It's not so you can do those things. It's so that you can be witnesses. All those manifestations are part of your witnessing, but it's so that you can be witnesses. And then we talked a couple weeks ago about that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and we talked about chapter 13 there, and realizing that if we operate in some kind of manifestations, but we don't have love, then we're just making a lot of noise. We're of no good. And many churches are out there. Many Christians, spirit-filled Christians, are doing things, but they're not operating in love. They're, they're gossiping. They're backbiting. They're stabbing each other in the back. It's all got to be about them. I, I've been in churches. I mean, we, we were in this one church. Chris and I was in this one church. We was doing some renovating. And, and out in the foyer, just, it just looked, you know, just kind of aged. It looked like it was 30 30 years in the, in the past. So we started doing some updating, painting some walls, you know, removing some things and doing stuff. Well, there, there's, this, there's this round table, you know, kind of like a, a, a table that you can come and you can, uh, a kitchen table, nice looking little just round kitchen table. Probably didn't cost a lot of money, probably wasn't uh, worth, you know, a couple hundred dollars, but it's nice looking. So we moved that into the pastor's office so uh, we could get it out of the front, but it also gave the pastor a place where he could sit around with people and talk and go over stuff. And a lady come up and she's like, where's that? Where is that? Where'd y'all put that? I purchased that. Where is it? No love at all, right? No love at all. And so even in spirit-filled churches, uh, I, Paul was say, saying to the Corinthians, listen, it, listen, all this stuff's great, but you, you got to have love also. So even in the spirit-filled churches, we need to be focusing on that because we have to be witnesses, and the way they will know that we're Christ followers is by the way we love each other. It all connects. All of this connects together. You can't have one without the other. All of it connects together. Now, another thing, we're going to the, we're gonna get into some of the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. Notice I said manifestational. These are the outward things that happen. There are other things, and we'll talk about those later on. Uh, probably won't get to them this morning. Probably don't have time. But uh, there, there's other things that the Holy Spirit does in people other than this. And so as Spirit-filled believers, we need to understand the manifestational gifts of the Spirit, but we don't need to dwell on them, okay? We should seek out 
the best gifts. We shouldn't dwell on them. And many times I see in spirit-filled Christians that they want to dwell on a certain thing. They want to run around and tell people, man, I, I got the, I got the, you know, I got the gift of healing. I've got the, I got the gift of interpretation. Just let the Holy Spirit move in you when he needs to, to touch people's lives and don't dwell on that. And, and sadly, a lot of times in the Spirit-filled church, I, I, I remember growing up, the Holy Spirit would move. And you may have heard me say this before, the Holy Spirit would move and a great thing, people come in, we have altars, you know, people come in, be prayed for and, and, and great things were happening. And then people, this was the term, Roger, you remember this term? They'd say, man, God moved so good that the preacher didn't get to preach. That's how good the service was. The preacher didn't get to preach. And, and I always, even as a, as a young 13, 14, 15-year-old, I always thought, this doesn't make any sense. Because the word, is, the, the word is the one thing that he says that will get us somewhere. And it's not that we're not going to have services where we don't have preaching. We've had a couple of those here. But the thing is, is if we said, if today, if I said, Will, come up here, and Roger, come up here, and we're just going to read Revelation. Guess what? The Word says that the person who reads this aloud will be blessed. We would be blessed just for sitting here reading Revelation aloud. But we thought, oh, but wait a minute. We didn't have some manifestational gift operating in the service this morning. Let me tell you something. It's, it's not that this is all we need. We do need the Holy Spirit. But we shouldn't discount what's right in here. And what we already have. And, and if me, if uh, that's not correct, correct grammar, if RC and I taught you every day, when we taught 24 hours a day, RC and I would never get through this scripture all the way. We could hit, some, we could hit a lot of it, right, RC? But we would never get through this scripture. And I don't know how many times RC's read the Bible, about 125,000 times. But he will tell you, every time he reads, he learns something new every time. And so let's don't discount this when we're talking about this, because I don't want us to be a church that's like, oh, oh man, you know, we, we, somebody spoke in tongues, or, or we had this healing, and so therefore God moved. Listen, when we come together as a body, and we have this word right here, and we're preaching this word, and we're teaching this word, and we're devouring this word. Hey, that's important. Hey, have you ever not eaten for a while? Who's ever been on a fast? After a little while, you get a little bit you get a little bit weak, right? Maybe it's the third day. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's the first day. Maybe it's the first meal, you know? <laughs> You're like, oh, no, man, I'm getting a little shaky. You know, when, when we don't devour this, this is, this is bread to us. And we don't devour this, then we're spiritually going to become very, very anemic, right? It, so when we focus on, we come in, oh, man, Hey, we had a great service this morning, man. We had somebody shout in the background. We had some people clapping their hands. We had some people raising their hands. And that, that's great. But then if I come and ask you, so what was the message about? Will you remember that too? Because the message is there. Every person who gets up and speaks in, in, in this, this pulpit has prayed and asked God to give direction and wisdom as they preach. And when we sit there and say, Oh, well, the preacher didn't preach, so it was great. Wait a minute. But if God gave him something to preach, wouldn't you hope that he would preach it? Because maybe it's what you needed straight out of this word. And when you go home, any kind of emotion that you feel, let me tell you something. You stump your toe. That emotion all of a sudden is, doesn't feel so good. You're, you're focused on, the, on that. This right here, when your head's fixing to get chopped off over in, in the Middle East, 
this is what will sustain you. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't know really about the Holy Spirit in, in all of his works if it wasn't for this. So never discount this word. Never discount this word. When we talk about the spiritual gifts, another thing I want us to remember is I want you to be active in whatever gifts that God has for you, okay? I want you to be active in those gifts uh, here and outside of the church, okay? But remember, in 1 Corinthians, we don't have this scripture up, so I'm not going to put it up there. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse 40, and this is NIV, says, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way, okay? So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's this idea that everything's got to be crazy and wacky to see the Holy Spirit. That's, that's totally untrue. And it's totally untrue that it has to be that way to feel the Holy Spirit. I've, I told you, I think I've told you before, I was in a Christian church for two years. They didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't teach on the, on the Holy Spirit. I had a couple of people that I prayed with to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they did in my bedroom at my house. Okay, you don't have to be in a church building to receive. You can be wherever God wants you to be, all right? You might be by yourself. It, it, you might be laid in bed. You might wake up one morning, and all of a sudden, you say, oh, I've received something different here. And all of a sudden, you, have, you start to see God uh, working in you through, through uh, speaking in tongues, and you get a prayer language, which I don't want to get into that because that's next week. But what I, want you to, uh, what I want you to understand is even in that church, I would go in, and I'd normally sit on the second or third row as a pretty good-sized church, about 150 people, I think, around that went there. You know, churches were a lot bigger when I was a lot smaller. And the, the bigger I've gotten, the smaller the churches are. You know, you go, well, that church was as big as I thought it was. But anyway, I sit them out of the third row, and uh, we didn't raise hands, really, in that church. You know, they didn't do that, even that kind of stuff. They didn't clap hands. And uh, they, they'd have me lead the music. They started having me lead music. And I'm not saying lead worship. We led music. We had, I was told exactly what hymns and courses we were doing that morning. They were in the bulletin. And I would have people, there were some other spirit-filled believers there, and they would say, and, and they would, I would say, man, wasn't the service great this morning? I says, couldn't you feel the spirit? They're like, feel the spirit? What do you mean? I mean we, we can't raise our hands, we can't do this, that, and the other. I says, what does that have to do with feeling the spirit? Listen, if you, if you ever travel with, with RC, I know I'm using RC a lot this morning, I guess he, he's, he's God's choice this morning. But if you ever travel with RC to Nicaragua, what we do here is going to be totally different over there. The way they worship and the way they show their love for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is going to be totally different. Does that mean that the way we do it here is wrong or the way they do it there is wrong? No. Okay? And I would just tell these people, I would just say, hey, listen, I know the Holy Spirit's here because where two or three are gathered together in the name of Jesus that he's there. He is there, and I could sense it. And, and man, did you hear that message this morning? And let me tell you something. That preacher, and he, he's gone on to be with the Lord. He was the driest minister. I mean, he never, no voice in, in fluctuations, fluctuation, how do you say that word? None of that at all. I mean, when he, he'd be like this, did the word of God originate with you, or are you the only people it has reached? I mean, that was his, that's the way he preached the whole time. But he had great messages. You'd have to sit and you know, try not to get too relaxed to fall asleep, but good messages. Why? Because he loved the Lord, and he was praying, and, and he was preaching the Word. And anytime this Word is preached, I believe it's power, and there's power in it. But we can allow things to be done in a fitting and orderly way. 
So if you want to, uh, if you've got your Bibles there, or you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to deal with this a little bit here this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're talking about, again, the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. And he said in verse number one, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay? So, just, so Paul says here, now let's remember, where is this coming from? The Holy Spirit is speaking and breathing this through Paul, and he's writing this stuff, okay? This is the Holy Spirit saying this, all right? But he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. This does not mean stupid or dumb or anything like that. He says, I want you to understand these gifts. I want you to understand them, all right? And, and if we don't study, again, if we don't study this word, we can't understand those gifts, all right? Now, let's flip over to verse 4 there. Go down to verse 4. So there are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are various operations, but it is the same God who operates all, all of them in all people. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the common good. So the manifestation of the Spirit is not given so that you can be put on a pedestal. It's not given so that you can feel good about yourself. It is given so that other people can be edified, built up, encouraged. And when, when, this, when these gifts are being used, they are never to be used as a sledgehammer. You know, I, I, people will use these gifts, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the discerning of spirits here in a minute. But they use these gifts, and they'll, they'll say, I have this, and so therefore, I'm going to tell you this, and you've got to hear me, and you've got to listen, all right? I have this gift, so therefore, I'm going to touch you, and it's going to happen. And then it doesn't happen, you're like, going, what's going on? Listen, it has nothing to do with you. You don't have to go out and parade it around. You don't have to, you don't have to say, hey, look, everybody, look at me. Instead, let the Holy Spirit work through you because it's given for everyone in the church for the common good okay to one is given the spirit by the spirit the word of wisdom so we're going to and i know a lot of you have studied this but we're just going to go over it this morning and, and if you haven't studied it then i hope that you will gain knowledge and understanding this morning so a word of wisdom so these things are supernatural. You go, well, you know, I've got some wisdom. No, these things are supernatural. So last night, I called a friend. I called a, I called a, a lifeline last night because I had needed some wisdom. And I called him. I says, I need some supernatural wisdom. And I know that, you, you know, this guy is spirit-filled. He's listening to the Lord. And I didn't tell him what I wanted. I didn't say what the answer was, okay, or what I wanted the answer to be. I says, here's what I'm doing. Here's, here's, the, here's, here's what I'm doing, and I'll tell you what, I was looking at a truck, okay? So here's what I'm doing, and here's the stuff. I says, what say you? Not without skipping a beat, and this is why I knew it was God speaking to me. He said, don't do it. Just don't do it. He didn't ask any other questions, anything else. Don't do it. 
It's not right. Don't do it. Walk away. And, it's, you know, sometimes you'd say, well, you know, how do you know that's God? Well, because this guy is praying and reading his Bible on a daily basis. He's seeking out the Father. And God has used him in various gifts throughout the years. And so what I called, it, 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 he was so adamant about it. It was not even a question. Don't do it. It's not right. And so I walked back in and I told him, I says, I made a phone call and they said, don't do it. So sorry to keep you all late tonight, but I'm going. Thank you all. Maybe I'll be back Monday. We'll see. We have to listen if we're going to ask for that wisdom. Now, how, if God works in you and gives you supernatural wisdom for somebody else. You know, number one, remember, we got the Proverbs. There's a lot of wisdom in the Bible, so it's good to do that. But if God speaks through you supernatural wisdom for someone else, it's not telling somebody what to do. It's giving them wise advice that comes from the Father, what he is giving you. Never, I would encourage you to never tell somebody, you've got to do this. Because the thing is, is they've got to make that decision on their own. Okay? How many of you, no, don't raise your hand. I'm going to ask the question, don't raise your hand, okay? How many of you have been in a church where somebody's come up to you and says, oh, I've got a word for you? I said, don't raise your hand, R.C. <laughs> Let me tell you something. God is going to speak to you too. God is going to speak to you too. So it's fine. If R.C. was to come up, see, I'm going to use R.C. all this morning, okay? I'm going to wear his name out. So if R.C. was to come up to me this morning and tell me something and says, the Lord said to tell you da-da-da-da-da. This wisdom, this word of wisdom. God's going to speak the same thing to me. I don't go off of what R.C. said. That is a confirmation of what I'm supposed to do. Now let me give you a, let me give you a story of a word of wisdom. So a, a pastor of a major church, and it's not some shouting down Pentecostal church, but it is a spirit-filled church, Gateway Church in Texas, a large church. Well, this pastor... He was walking, and I may have told this story last week if I did, I'm sorry, but he was walking down and he was shaking people's hands as he was getting ready to go to the front, and he walked past somebody, and he shook his hand, and he's like, hey, good to see you this morning. And he walks by, and the Lord says, stop. And he steps back, and he said, the Lord told me that you have some issues going on in your business, and that you need to take it to prayer. So that he can take care of it. And he goes, you're exactly right. He says, I've been bleeding money for the last year. I had a partner that left. And here, I've got employees that have left. They've been saying bad things about me. That word of wisdom, that guy went to prayer over that. Okay? He went to prayer over that. And he come back later told the pastor that he had received from that, from that going to prayer, he received hundreds of thousands of dollars because of that. All right? So what did this pastor do? He just confirmed something that was already there. That was supernatural. He confirmed it, and he, and he spoke wisdom on what to do. Go to prayer. That was the wisdom. Go to prayer over it. And, and the guy did. So a word of wisdom. Now, the, uh, another is a word of knowledge by the same spirit. So a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, all right? So wisdom is something that supernaturally 
that we're going to give wise advice, but knowledge is that you know it. That you know it. Okay? Knowledge and prophecy are separate. And a lot of people will come and give you a word of knowledge and call it prophecy. We're going to talk about prophecy in a second and what it is. But those are separate things. All right? So a word of knowledge is they know something. And, and you could almost say that this one that this, the, the pastor did, he had knowledge, a, a little bit of knowledge in there. But it was, he said, because he said what? He said, he says, something's going on in your business. Now I'm going to give you, and then he gave wisdom, right? So word of no, uh, uh, supernatural knowledge is when the Lord tells you something about something else, okay? Tells you something about somebody or something else uh, that you did not already know and that nobody told you. That's knowledge, okay? I think that's pretty simple. Word of knowledge, these are given to all to profit all, or given to, given to each one of us. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Now, this is, this is one that you, you know, you said, well, the, the Scripture says if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed that you could do these things. Faith by the same Spirit. This is supernatural faith. There are people, I do not have supernatural faith. I've prayed for it because I would like to have it. But there are people who have supernatural faith. I tell you what, since I'm picking on R.C., R.C., will you, you may have heard his story, but can you come tell the story of, of the guy that, uh, the, the guy that has supernatural faith that he just pulled up to Come up here real quick. Make sure that the uh, that this is muted, the, not muted, but <laughs> that the that the FX. Make sure that the FX is muted on this. So he's going to tell you a story about a, a guy that he knew that has supernatural faith. This is a guy I met when I was a, a young Christian. Uh, he came to our church. His name is Ken Gob. Uh, he's now 84 years old and still traveling, still ministering, still still going on, and. He would tell stories. He, he ministered faith every time he came. And he would tell these stories. And you'd go, that can't be true. That can't happen. And then somebody would come by and say, yeah, it really did happen. I was there. And I watched it. Well, I ran into him at a gas station one day. He's, he's got a, a, like a Greyhound bus that's converted to live in. And, and he's got the gas running in there. And, and we're talking like hundreds of gallons of gas probably. I don't know how much gas was going in there. I don't even remember the amount of money. And, and I walked up, and I was talking to him while he was pumping the gas, and he asked me if I was here to give him money. I said, no, I have nothing. I have nothing to give you. He says, me either. I don't have a credit card. I don't have a dime to my name. And he's pumping gas. And I said, well, what are you going to do? He says, God will provide. I said, Ken. And about that time, a gentleman walked up. The gas pump went off. A gentleman walked up and handed the cash into his hand, and it was the exact amount of the gas. This guy walked that way all the time. He never let the world get in his way. Uh, I read a newspaper article on him not long ago. Uh, he was in Iowa traveling in his bus, and he pulled up. They were going to go and eat breakfast, and he told his wife and kids, he says, you guys go ahead and go in. My spirit's uneasy. i got to go for a walk. And obedience, and he had that faith that he was supposed to. Walks by a telephone, a payphone, and it's ringing. It's at a gas station, and it's ringing. And he, walk, and he keeps walking, and he looks, and no one's coming. So he goes back, and he answers the phone, and the operator says, I have a person-to-person -person call for Ken Gobb. Is he there? And he said, operator, that's impossible. You cannot have a call for Ken Gobb. 
I'm Ken Gobb, and this is a payphone. <laughs> Sir, is Ken Gobb there or not? <laughs> and this woman on the other end of the line says, Operator, that's him. Put me through. And she, <laughs> he's talking to this lady, and she says, I'm sitting here with pills in one hand and the phone in the other. I'm going to kill myself. And I told God that if he didn't want me to do this to give me a sign, and he sent me these numbers, and I called him. Lady's still alive today. <laughs> and, and that wasn't Ken. It was his faith that he had to go for a walk. It was obedient. Sometimes faith, we think of it as it's got to be supernatural. It's got to be. No. Faith says, God said, take this step. And then this step. That's the faith we walk in. It doesn't, I don't believe anybody's given more faith than the other person. Because the Bible actually says he gave each man the measure of faith. It's not a matter of how much. It's the quality of the faith. When, when you walk in faith and you see faith honored, it grows. Not in size, but in maturity. And, and when you get to that point where everything like Ken is, and, and this guy is, I, I, he's just amazing. I wish I could get him to come down here. Uh, but faith is, God will empower it, Okay. Uh, the funny thing is that he read the scriptures, and when you read those three scriptures with the, with the Holy Spirit, Christ, and God, it, it actually says charismatic or charisma, which is based on grace. And, and then the ministry, that, that word, the word there, uh, operations, is always, always, always uh, ministries. Every, every place else in the Bible, it's ministries. Only here is it operations. And the last one. Energama is the, the Greek word used. And it's where we get our word energize. So the manifestations of the Spirit are of grace for the ministry and energized or made supernatural by the Father. So supernatural faith is from the Father as we walk in grace and the ministry Christ has given us. God will energize our faith and make it supernatural. That's it. That's good. So supernatural faith. Another story of, of a man who has supernatural faith, a, a minister in Mexico. I think he's from Colombia originally, but has a church in Mexico. And, and a, a previous pastor that I had had him over, and, and they were going to a, a fundraiser to raise funds for the chapel for this program that they, they do called Teen Challenge for, uh, for men who are living in drugs and going to go to jail and those kind of things. So they go to this fundraiser. There's a 20000 They raise $20,000 to build this chapel. And then they go down, and, and the, the guy's with him, uh, the guy from, from Mexico. He's like, hey, uh, pastor, let's go eat. And the pastor says, well, listen, man, I don't, I don't have any money. And he goes, that's okay, let's go eat. So they go down in this, this nice convention motel thing, and there's a, a steakhouse in there, you know, like if you went to, um, to one of the nice motels here in town. So they sit down, and he says, he's like, listen, I don't have any money, okay? And we had to pay for this stuff, right? And the guy goes, eh, that's okay, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And uh, the, the 
the waiter comes and, and he says, sir, what would you like? And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, give me the steak and this, this. And he goes down the list and these things right here. And so the pastor's sitting over there and he's like, he turns to the pastor, turns to the, the waiter turns to the pastor and says, what do you want? And he goes, I'll just take a water. He goes, no, just give him exactly what I got. So the, so the waiter walks off and he says, listen, I don't have any money. He says, you got some in your pocket. He goes, but that, this money, you know, is a check. He says, no, that's going to the chapel. I can't pay for it. So he said the whole, he's formulating his head, how am I going to pay this bill? And so he's like, okay, it's a 30-minute drive to my house and a 30-minute drive back. I'll give him my driver's license. I'll tell him I'll be back with a check. Now, this has been like, you know, 25 years ago. I'll be back with a check and I'll pay for it. So the food comes, and his friend, his, his friend over there, other pastor, he's sitting there just chomping away, eating his food like nothing. And the pastor's over here, and he's slowly eating his food, just churning inside. Number one, I don't have the money for this. I'm about to go get a check, all this stuff. So it gets to the end, and uh, the guy says, would you like dessert? He's like, sure, bring us some dessert. <laughs> so the waiter brings some dessert. He goes, do you have money? And he goes, no, I don't have any money. God will take care of it. He told me he'll take care of it. He's like, it takes money to pay for it. God will take care of it. Stop worrying about it. Enjoy your food. The waiter brings the check, puts it on the table. So the pastor's sitting here getting ready. He says, I'll be, you know, the waiter says, I'll be back in a second. The pastor's sitting there going, oh, what am I going to do? And about that time, this is a true story. I know this person, so it's a true story. A guy walks up to the table, and he says, hey, are you the, the guy who was speaking at this thing tonight, the fundraiser? He's like, yeah. He says, well, God told me to come and pay for your food. He said, um, I'll take that check. He says, the only thing that I'm really irritated with God about is I was 25 minutes on the way home, and he told me to turn back around and come pay for your food. Supernatural faith. Supernatural. Now, I'm not saying, listen, don't go to lunch today <laughs> and look across at Lee and say, eh, God's going to take care of it, Lee. Let's get a steak, okay? Unless God tells you that, okay? But it's, it's supernatural faith. We see that, like he's talking about Ken God. We see that faith in action and working. And, and you know, I would pray, as the, the Scripture says, desire earnestly this, these best gifts. It says, it said at the end of chapter 12, desire earnestly the best gifts. Uh, to the, another, gifts of, gifts of healings. Gifts of healings, the same spirit. Does healing occur today? Yes. Most stuff you see on TV is fake. I'm sorry to say. I'm trying to be mean, okay? Most of the stuff that's out there, and I could go into detail, I'm not worried about creaming these guys, but most of it's fake. Uh, I'll tell you, a, a person... That is, it's really neat how God used him. And I don't know about his latter years, but if you look at his former years, is Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts is known as this, this great evangelist and healer. But the reason that he became that is Oral Roberts had tuberculosis. And there was no cure for it when he was a kid. He, he had no, but God healed him and said, you're going to have a healing. You're going to start a healing ministry. And so Oral Roberts was used in that way of, heal, of that healing ministry. Do healings still occur? Do healings still work? 
I mean, do, do they still work? Do you, can you still get healed? Yes, you can still get healed. Can God use you in that? Yes. Now, just because you pray for some, somebody, it doesn't mean that you have the gift of healing. God's got a lot of grace. He'll use anybody. So you may not be on the level that there are some people out there that have that, where they could touch somebody. They have the gifts of healing, of healings. So, but this is what I'm saying. With any of these gifts, don't go around and tell them, people, I've got this gift. Operate in it as God directs you. There's no reason to have to tell people what you have. Now, the same Spirit does it. To another, the working of miracles. And I, if I asked you, every one of you has probably had some kind of miracle in your life. It's happened in your life. The first miracle is you were saved. That's a miracle. Jesus' blood covered you, washed you over. That's a miracle. But the working of miracles, and, and we could go through a, a list, but I think that you would understand what working of miracles, what a miracle is. It's something that couldn't happen without a supernatural being changing it. And there's only one supernatural being that's going to change it for good, and that's God, okay? So that's what that is. To another prophecy. Now, prophecy here, you could use two words in this. In this. You could call it, uh, it could be foretelling or it could be foretelling. Foretelling or foretelling. And foretelling is prophesying about future events, not about knowledge in your life. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people call themselves a prophet. I'm a prophet so-and-so. I'm going to talk to you. And they'll say, well, hey, you know what? You're going to come into some money. You know, you're going to be blessed. That's not a prophecy. I'm sorry. Now, there may be some, maybe they do have a word of knowledge that they can give you. I can come in some money by getting a job. I'm sorry. Okay, so I would, I would ask, can you be a little bit more specific, all right? Uh, you're not really telling me a whole lot of stuff. But but foretelling is prophesying the future. Let me give you an example. A pastor over in uh, Africa was ministering to his congregation, knew nothing about Texas. This was six months before the hurricane hit Texas last year. He said, there is a city in Texas, in America. The name of that city is Houston. It is going to be underwater. Six months later, the hurricane happened. And Texas and Houston was flooded. That is foretelling, okay? That is prophecy foretelling. Foretelling is supernatural, all right? Supernatural preaching and teaching, those kind of things, okay? So prophecy can be supernatural. So you get up and you're preaching to somebody or you're teaching somebody and, you're, and what's coming out of you is what God wants specifically. And I, so I think a lot of times, we see prophecy operating in that manner in the church through pastors that are spirit-filled, that are listening. Why do you think that a pastor sometimes will change where he's going in the message because the Lord is trying to speak some, to somebody specific on a certain thing in, in the church, okay? So those are two, two areas right there that he works. To another, the discerning of spirits. We talked to, I was talking to you about this a minute ago. The discerning of spirits. You do not have the spirit of discernment. That's not what this is, okay? People use that term. It's not in the Bible. The spirit of discernment's not in the Bible. Oh, I've got the spirit of discernment. I know they're a bad person. You know, I, I, I know that, they, that you know, they've got this, that, or the other. No, it's the discerning of spirits. And today, more than ever, we need this operating in our church. Amen. Because the devil is trying to come in. I should say the devil. He's not omnipresent. 
the, the, the demonic spirits are trying to come in and be a charade. I, there's an article out there about how New Age is creeping into our theology and our thought process into the church. So we need the discerning of spirits. Somebody comes into the church and they say, oh, I'm from God and this, that, and the other. We saw that in Scripture. And what did the apostle do? Turn around and, 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 and shut them up. Because they were going around, oh, these are the prophets. These are, these are, the, uh, these are from God. You know, and he's like, shut up. Because you're not, you're, you're not the right spirit. So we do need discerning of spirits. These are, these are the manifestational gifts that, are occur, that can occur. And we need these in, our, in, in operation in our body, okay? So the discerning of spirits, remember... There's not a spirit of discernment. Where whoever started that was incorrect. To another, various kinds of tongues. So notice it says various kinds of tongues. Remember what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, if I speak with tongues of men or tongues of angels. Various kinds of tongues. Let me give you an example of speaking in various types of tongues. So a, th- this is modern day, all right? This is modern day. A woman is... At church on a Sunday, there is what's called a message in tongues. Message in tongues is coming from God flowing out of somebody to other people, okay? Uh, when we talk next week, we're talking about our prayer language. Our prayer language is coming from us, going through us to God, all right? Giving a message in tongues is coming out to other people. There was a message in tongues that was given in the service, but there was not an interpretation. Oh, my goodness, we need to take that person and stone them, right? No, that's not what the Bible says, okay? He says he, he, he wants you to interpret it. Two weeks later, she comes back to church. She says, I want to say something. I want to apologize. There was a message in tongues given two weeks ago. That message in tongues that was given was given in my native Mandarin Chinese language. It said that my mother and father were going to be released to come to the United States of America from China. They were going to be given permission to come to the United States from China. All right? That is a message in tongues of men, okay? There is another, another great story. Assembly God minister, his wife, a woman came in, sits down about where Jenny is sitting back there, sits down in the service, and then the wife, they're leaving, and the woman's still sitting there. Hadn't said a word, had done nothing. As, as the, the wife is walking, she stops about right here in front of the lady. And then for 30 minutes, she signs to this woman, sign language. Here's the deal. The pastor's wife had never taken sign language before. The woman was deaf. They did not know her. She had walked in off the street. Deaf, she gave her heart to Jesus. She heard the gospel. Now, I tell this story because we always, when we talk about tongues, oh, it's coming out of our mouth. Listen, God will use this the way he needs to use it to communicate to whoever he needs to communicate to. That's what speaking a, a message in tongues is about. It's God's trying to communicate. But let me say this. We, there, there, there are people that get into this prophecy or, or messaging in tongues, and then there's an interpretation or there's, or there's a prophecy in the church or interpretation, and it's a negative towards people. These are here to build and encourage us and lift us up. They're not here to be used as a bat over somebody's head. 
Can't go around and use this to beat somebody up over, okay? God loves you. The Bible says that he did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. That's why Jesus came, all right? So we have various kinds of tongues, and then another, the interpretation of tongues, all right? So you say, what's the interpretation of tongues? That's when God supernaturally, there's a message in tongues, and somebody interprets that in the service, okay? And you go, well, how do you know it's from God? Well, number one, it will not go against this. It will not go against this. But it is supernatural to speak to someone in the service that God's wanting to say it's going to be the right thing to minister to maybe just one person, maybe to five people, maybe to 500. But it's, it's for that. But you can always... Anything that somebody says is from the Lord, it better line up with this scripture. And if it doesn't, it's not from God. We, we don't need new scripture. Okay, we've got it right here. Like I said a minute ago, you spend the rest of your life reading this and you're not going to learn it all. Okay, there's going to be something new. But a message in tongues and an interpretation of tongues occurs so that we can be benefited in that, so that we can be built up in that. And sometimes, let me tell you something, sometimes there's, an interpret, there's a message and somebody gives a very long message in tongues that nobody understands, it's supernatural, and there's something short. Or maybe they give a short one and it's long. It's an interpretation, okay? It's an interpretation. It's not a translation, it's an interpretation, okay? It's, it's what God is putting through them. And uh, <laughs> sometimes you'll hear somebody, and I've had to correct people before, and they don't mean anything by it. They're, they're not meaning anything by it. But sometimes a pastor has to go correct somebody in a loving way. And, but I will say this. I will, I will not do this to you. I gave a message, uh, I gave an interpretation of tongues uh, when I was about 14, 15 years old. And man, God just came down. We had, he moved in that service. The pastor the next Sunday morning rebuked me openly from the pulpit for what, I, for, for what the, the message was. Now I went and I apologized. I, came, I mean, I was under this pastor. I was submissive, submissive to this pastor. I didn't care for him, but I knew what the scripture says. I'm not, in, you know, I'm not the shepherd of this church. And so I went and I apologized to him. I will not openly rebuke you from the pulpit. As a member of this church, I will go to you. Now, if you start bashing on somebody, that may be a different story. I will stop you, and then we'll talk about it later. If if God is wanting to use you in that way, okay? So I just want to encourage you. I want to be here for you. We all make mistakes. We all trip up. We're just trying to get through this Christian life, make it to heaven, all right? Jesus is on our side. The Holy Spirit is ministering to us and through us. So he says, but one and that one and very same Spirit works all of these and dividing to each one individually as he wills. So if you work in one of these gifts, one of these manifestations is in you, it's not you. That's why I said, don't go around saying, I got the gift of healing. No, he has the gift of healing. He just uses you as a conduit on this earth to touch that person. If you've got a, a message in tongues, it's him, not you. And so everything should line up. And when I've given messages in tongues in the past, let me tell you something. 
I will not speak it out until I about choke because I do not want to say something that is not from God. I do not want to act out on something that is not of God. So this is not something to play with. It's not something to go around and go, oh, we're going to be crazy. I like what, what R.C. said. It's sad we've, that, that we've had some hijack the word chari- charisma or charismatic. It's actually a very positive word. It is grace gifts. It is gifts that have been given to you by the grace that is in Jesus, okay? So it's grace gifts. I'm sure I could go on for a lot longer, but I know we've already been up here for a while. And one, one thing is I do want to go over and hit this with you. This one thing, and, and we can talk about this more later. Believe me, we can sit down and talk about this for hours, okay? We can talk about the, There's so much to this. But what we're going to talk about in the, in the next week or two also I don't want us to dwell just on the manifestational gifts of the Spirit. There's a lot to the Holy Spirit. We want to be active and moving in them. But let's don't just live on those alone, okay? There's there's a lot more to the Bible than just that. But remember this, uh, going down to to verse 31, again, he says, Eagerly desire the greater gifts— eagerly desire the greater gifts okay he said do all do this do all do that he says eagerly desire the greater gifts and remember this at the end of verse thir- uh, end of chapter 13 verse 13 says but the greatest it says faith hope and love the greatest of these is love we have to have love we can mani- let the manifestation of the spirit in us but we have to have love with it or it is just a wasted breath it's just a wasted breath. 